0: Please turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, we are are talking about the life that pleases God, and uh, there is so much to um, this chapter, I'm not going to go through all of it, (laughs) okay, if you want all of it, come to Bible College, Uh, so, (laughs) but uh, what I do want to do is just touch on some things that I think that are important uh, for us, and uh, I want to begin in verse 1, and just uh, just because there's a, a, a flow of thought here, Jesus begins in Matthew 6 and verse 1, and he says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them, otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now remember again that we talked about things being done to be seen. This is what Jesus is saying now that... Remember again in chapter 5, and we didn't look at chapter 5. That's the reason why I'm sort of mentioning this. In chapter 5, I mentioned this before, which is the reason why I'm asking you to remember. But in chapter 5, Jesus already taught them how to pray, what to pray, and so on and so forth. In fact, he's going to... The Lord's Prayer is in chapter 6, by the way. I'm not going to go through it because it will take forever. Okay, <laughs> It will be a mini-series on its own. But the thing is that you know, Jesus is, is talking about doing the right thing in chapter 5. Then he's talking about doing the right thing with the right heart in chapter 6. With the right motive. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Amen? And so that's the reason why he's talking about now doing things that are godly, but with a godly attitude. Because he's saying you can now do things with the wrong attitude, because now we're getting into the area of the Pharisees and all those religious people that are out there that do things, you know, that make you sometimes feel a little bit shamed. You know you know what I'm trying to say? They, they they do their thing, and, you know, they, they make such a big deal out of it, and they make you feel bad. Brother gets up and says, I pray six hours every day. And you go, oh, dear God, I don't do this. I'm glamping in ten minutes, and I'm struggling. You know, okay, and and you know, and and do you know what's interesting? We're going to find out today that's not a good thing to do. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> There's one little happy being in here. Okay, <laughs> so we're actually going to talk about that today. But let's continue on. <laughs> and he goes to say, in verse two. He says, uh, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before. Uh, Before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have uh, glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. And Jesus says, Look, if that's what you're looking for, that's all you're going to get. And he said again, But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Now, we talked about all of that last week. And I want to get on to verse 5 now. And he says, now when you pray. So I want you to see the flow of thought here. Okay, so he's finished with charitable giving. He said, you need to do it secretly. You need to do it in such a way that your left hand doesn't know what your right hand is doing. Amen. And now he goes on and talks about prayer. And he says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Notice he says, don't be like the hypocrites. All right. (laughs) You know what? Let me just tell you what hypocrites are. It means play actors. Listen, it comes from the Greek theater and literally means to speak from behind the mask and describes a person who would hold a mask in front of their face and and thereby disguising who they really were and would play act for the audience. Um, I have seen this, you know, where they would have maybe a mask of sort of a white mask uh, portraying that they are a good person, but what they'll do is to the audience, so they'll be they'll they'll face the mask towards the, the people that they're playing against, but then they'll look at the audience and go, hey, <laughs> you know, okay? And so the audience knows what is in front isn't what's behind. What you know, what what they're seeming to be isn't who they really are. And so they understood this. When Jesus said that, they immediately got that little picture I gave you. Okay. All right. See, this is because we're not there. We don't get that. Okay. So let me continue on. And he says, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Now, like I said, I'm not going to do a a detailed study on this because, again, I want to leave this for Bible college. But I want to share some things with you about doing things with the right motives, and even when you come to pray, you need to understand that, you know, prayer is a very private thing. Listen to me. The last thing that you want in your devotion, in your time with God, is an audience. Can I get an amen? You know, if you are truly being honest, okay? If you are just laying your heart out there and you are confessing before God all the stuff that you need to confess, that you shouldn't be carrying around, that you need to get off your chest and receive forgiveness for, then you don't want an audience. So when is it that you want an audience? When you're boasting about all the things you did. When you're like that Pharisee. Remember the tax collector and the Pharisee? And he said, "Now, Lord, I give 10%. And I do this and I do that. Not like that guy over there. Remember, he's praying. You might say, oh, Pastor, nobody does that. (laughs) Are you kidding me? You know, that's the reason why we just stopped our public prayer meetings. Because they were too public. (laughs) It was one extreme or the other. It is incredible. You just think, how can people do that? I know. I asked the same question. (laughs) I'm just thinking, this is God's house. What are you doing here? Of course, there's the other side. You know where they go, oh God, we've all sinned and we've done it so badly. And it's like, dude, not so loud. Maybe not everybody did. (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? And you get these two extremes. And so you need to be really careful. And this is really what we're talking about here. One way or the other, what are you doing it for? Are you doing it from your heart? And, you know, this is so important because right now prayer is so important. It is the thing that just drives. It just greases the wheels. You know, it just makes everything run smoothly. And if you want things to go smoothly in your life, then you need to pray. And when I, you know, when I say pray, I don't mean to go, oh, dear God, here we go. You know, as somebody once said, there's all the blessings and then there's prayer on the other side to just balance it out so you don't get too happy you know <laughs> okay it's, it's it's never like that prayer isn't that thing you know it's not one of those things that you know ball and chain that you kind of have to do and and it's it's a thing that you are chained to and the thing that you feel bad about all the time cuz you're never doing it and you know again that's all religious do you understand and you know I, i'm doing a, a course on prayer for bible college and Because I I just reckon that's one of the really important ones. But, you know, prayer defined very simply, and I really want you to catch this. You can get all these definitions on prayer. I'm going to give you one that is so simple. Bible college for free. Okay? (laughs) All right? Prayer is simply communion with God. That's it. Now, people have defined prayer as, you know, as man's need coming to God and, find, and not just bringing the need to God, but finding the answer and receiving from God. And yes, it is part, but that is a part of your communion. Don't only go to God when you've got a problem. Why don't you just fellowship with Him a little bit? And He might let you know what's coming before it comes. Amen? See, this is the problem we have. You know, we're waiting for the fire to take place before we put it out. Why don't we just go to God first and the fire will never start? Because God will say, by the way, and you go, oh, okay. We'll make sure that doesn't happen. I mean, the things, (laughs) the trouble you could save yourself by just doing this right. That's the reason why I'm sharing this with you today. Are you all with me? Because I want you guys to just stay ahead of it. I want you to have a relationship with God not just to break glass and use it in case of emergency all the time. Because can I say this? If you allow your life to just run its course, the devil will make sure he gets in there and messes it up for you. Amen? You know, from a prayer point of view, not from a I'm so great, but from a prayer point of view, you are either letting things happen to you or you're making things happen. From a prayer point. This has been used the wrong way. But if you are one of those people that says, well, I'll wait till something goes wrong before I pray, (laughs) that's not the best, okay? It's better to pray. And the Lord says, I want you, you know, God will talk to you about confessing things in your life, about saying things, about starting to bring things to pass in your life. And when you get a word from Him, that's when it is full of power. You know Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is alive and powerful. That's when it is. When God speaks it to your heart and it comes with life. It comes with everything that you need in order to take whatever mountains in front of you. Are you all with me? It's sad when people are sort of doing it at the back end and they're desperate and they're going to God. And then God gives them a scripture. And now because the mountain, the problem of the mountain is so huge, then the scripture is so little to start with that they've already got this prop, already they're on the back foot, already they're on the defensive. Are you all with me? As opposed to before that thing ever came, you know you can have the mountain of the Word of God so much bigger than all the other mountains that are coming at you, that when those mountains come, they are just eclipsed by the Word of God. They are eclipsed by the faith that has grown on the inside of you, and you have no problem with it. Because God trained you. He got you ready for it. And when it came. See this is the thing God wants to do with us. He wants to get us ready before the thing ever comes. Do you all get that? Back to this. <laughs> okay. So I've said here. It's important to understand. That Jesus is not condemning public prayer. Or praying in a public place. It is, in, It is praying in such a way. So, as to maximize effect on other people, that's what he condemns. You know, when they want to be seen. In fact, in relation to praying in public, there's nothing wrong. About praying in public. Remember, in Second Chronicles chapter six, I'm just want to read you a few verses. Don't worry, try to get you know, trying to get there, but just take my word for it, okay? <laughs> Second Chronicles chapter six verse twelve. It says, "Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assembly of Israel and spread his hands out, or out his hands, and he said." So this is in verse fourteen. So obviously he prayed in front of people, and that was okay. See, this is corporate prayer. That's all right. He was standing there. He was leading them in prayer. That is different to personal prayer. Joe, you all understand what I'm saying? You know, when we come together to pray over something, then we know what that something is. This is about personal things. This is about, okay, we are attacking something that the enemy is doing, and we're getting together. We are doing what the, the, the Lord said, and that is, you know, come together, unite, and fight, which is what we need to do, okay? And so when we do that, that's what he wants. That's okay. That's not a problem. In fact, in um, Acts chapter 4, after Peter and John had healed a lame man and were arrested and severely threatened okay, it says that they returned to their own companions, this is Acts 4.23, and and together they raised their voices to God with one accord, that's verse 24, and prayed, and the result of this public prayer is brought out in Acts 4.31, it says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, (laughs) and they spoke the word of God with boldness, isn't that incredible, so they had a public prayer meeting. God heard all these prayers. God blessed them. Everybody started talking in tongues. Isn't that something else? I don't think they were asking for it. They just got it. Sure. <laughs> Amen. Do you know why? Because that's your secret language. That's when the devil doesn't understand what you're on about. It get, he, he gets so nervous, which is the reason why he fights it so much. And how sad it is that so many denominations took that on board. Wow. So here again, God heard and answered their prayers regardless of who was listening to them, which must mean that God doesn't really care about the time and place as much as He does the motivation of the heart. William MacDonald, I love this, <laughs> listen. He says, the point is not where we pray. An issue here is why we pray. To be seen by people or to be heard by God. Oh, I love that. To be seen by people or to be heard by God. Amen? May all our prayers be so that we are heard by God. Amen. In his commentary, William Hendrickson clarifies all this by saying, Scripture nowhere condemns public prayer. Nor individual prayer uh, offered In a public place. Did you all hear that? I mix up my words. No individual prayer offered in a public place. Neither the Pharisee nor the publican sinned by praying in the temple. What the Lord condemns here is ostentatious praying. That is having one's private devotions in the most public place. With the intention of being seen and honored by the people. Exactly what the hypocrites were in the habit of doing. Now in total contrast. And I want to get to the total contrast. To all of this. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 6 now, he says, when you, now this is all of us, okay? All right. When you pray, he says, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, okay, effectively shutting the world out, okay, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Isn't that interesting? Where have we seen this before? In your giving. If you do it secretly, then God will reward you openly. Isn't that interesting that prayer has the same blessing on it? You do it secretly, you'll be rewarded openly. What is an open reward? It's when <laughs> I got one of those this morning. I, I hope you don't mind me sharing. Uh, Pastor Verity comes to my office and she said, Oh, dear Lord, wonderful breakthroughs, and we're getting blessed and blessed and blessed. See, that's a <laughs> that is a public reward. They prayed privately. I know they were praying. Okay. Like, Dear God. You know, okay. And then suddenly, blessing upon blessing upon blessing. See, God rewards you publicly. People feel nice toward you and favorable toward you, and they start doing things that they wouldn't do for other people. Don't ever say, Oh, isn't that lucky? It, there is no such thing. That's God all over them and suddenly they feel very nice about you <laughs> you know they, they want to do things that later on they go why did i do that <laughs> okay no you know there is something there is a blessing when you bless people listen to me when somebody blesses a child of god they will never regret it because in doing that they planted a seed that allows god to now bless them they may not even realize why suddenly things start happening to them that are good They may never put two and two together. They may never realize that it was because they blessed someone that was God's kid. And now God just opened the windows and started blessing them. Because the devil won't let them see that. (laughs) Because if they ever see that, they'll do it more often. But you know, you always want to see. This is the reason why we need to do what we do. Because it opens the door for somebody to do something for us. That opens the door for, for God to do something for them. Not just so we can get blessed. That was a thing in the word of faith was not good. Okay, We always looked to see where we, we could get the blessing from. It was never how we could be a blessing. It was how, how can we get something. And we never preach this side. <sighs> okay. What do I want to share here? Uh, <laughs> let, me, let me just share with you one quote. I want to get to verse 7, okay? Like I said, come to Bible College. I've got a lot of information here, a lot of good stuff. Leon Morris says this. He says, Jesus is giving direction for one's own prayers and indicating that they are to be undertaken with a single eye on God, not with a side glance at people who could be impressed. Every precaution is to be taken that the prayer should be unobserved. I love this. He says, the secret of religion is religion is secret. That's good, isn't it? Amen? All right. Verse 7. When you pray, he says, Do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Now, so first thing he says when you pray, go and find a secret place. All right. That was verse 6. Don't be out in public. Thank you. And <laughs> they figured it out. And now he says, not only should you, you you pray in private, but he says, don't go, don't get to that place where you think that the more that you pray. Now this is something that we need to be careful of, okay? Because I have found that sometimes we do this and we we there is a place for it, but be careful why you're doing it. Remember again, it's all the whys behind the what's. You all with me? Okay, it's the motivations. It's why do you do something. Now, I know there are people that say, oh, get a prayer chain going that, you know, I've got a problem here, so get somebody praying over here, and, somebody, and you call all these different people to pray, and you think, and in the back of your mind, you're thinking, if enough people prayed, maybe they'll twist God's arm enough, and the petition will come up to heaven, and it's then the angel will say, 12 people are praying for this now, Lord, you have to do it. And God goes, oh, oh, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. <laughs> okay. I know I'm playing with you, but I need you to get this. That's not how it is. God wants to bless you. God wants to do things for you. But remember, we are in enemy territory. Remember that there are principalities and powers and rulers and all this stuff that stand between us. And that's the reason why we need to fight To get to the place where we are pulling down whatever God needs to see. The thing is, as soon as you pray, I love it with you know Daniel when he prayed, and it took 21 days for the answer to get to him, and the angel said, "The first day that you prayed, I was dispatched." God didn't sit there like some preachers preach and say, "Well, let's see how long He holds out for." Oh look, he's weathering. Oh, no, let's not give him nothing. It's only been three weeks. What the heck? <laughs> hey, it's never like that. God so wants to bless you. You know, he's kind of uh, this is the way I see God. May not be a sanctified vision, but okay, I just I need to tell you. I see God on the edge of his throne waiting for me to say something, anything. So he can do something. He's not hanging back; he's hanging forward. Okay, I mean, you know, he's like easy he opening his mouth. I think his lips are moving. You know, okay, all right, okay. You know, if we don't see prayer this way, we won't pray. Because we'll just think, what's well, the point? Probably take three days before anything ever happens. You go in that way, and that's exactly what you get. Whatever you believe, that's what whatever you believe, that's what you have. Amen? Just don't do that, man. I want every second to matter. If I go in for 10 seconds, I want 10 seconds of misery for the devil, 10 seconds of victory for God, (laughs) and 10 seconds of hallelujah. Mm. Amen? Now, what do you want to do with the other 59 minutes and 50 seconds? If you're praying for an hour. See now how this works? You go in that way and you think, now what else do I want to do? Because you're going in with purpose. You're going in with, you just know things will happen. And the big question is, what do you want to happen? Did you get that? Not a God, I hope something happens. What do you want to happen? You go in there and you begin to pray those things. And whatever comes out of your mouth, just know that there's an angel there writing it all down. Because God and make sure it's in line with the word of God. Yeah, because then God will watch over his word to perform it. Amen. Amen. Oh Lord. Okay. Let me just give you some insight here. Leon Morris says to pray at length was regarded by the Gentiles as a way to make sure that one's prayer was appreciated by deity. And there is no reason for thinking that this error was. Confined to the Gentiles. Jesus points out that babbling is not the way to the heart of God. <laughs> okay? All right. Added to this, many heathen also believe that praying long and loud increased their chances of getting what they wanted from God, which is what I've been talking to you about. With some actually believing that the longer you pray, the more you got. One of the best examples of heathen's, uh, heathen praying long prayers and using vain repetitions, which includes empty phrases and recited prayers, is found in 1 Kings. Let's go there. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 26, where it it talks about the prophets of Baal. And it says, that So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it, and they called on the name of Baal from morning even till noon, saying, "Oh Baal, hear us. And this is all they said the whole time. There was nothing else. Can you get this? Oh ball hear us. Oh ball hear us. Oh ball hear us. Oh ball hear us. Oh ball. You know, getting this from morning till noon. You know, I think Elijah just kind of put his little earplugs on and thought, Dear, this is bad. Somebody ought to pay me for being here. And what did it say? But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. Like well, he ain't hearing us. Maybe if we jump around a little bit, he'll go. The the God will go. Oh, look! There's somebody there. Bring my glasses. Oh yeah. (laughs) No. Okay. Isn't it incredible? You know the 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 thoughts and ideas we have about God. (laughs) Hope nobody's got that here. All right. (laughs) This was no different. Remember again. This is. I, I don't want to go into the story. It's a tremendous story. That's the time when Elijah calls on fire from heaven. Remember that? Okay. And uh, it was tremendous, tremendous. Anyway, let's go to uh, Luke chapter 20, because I only have like about six minutes left. Luke chapter 20, and (laughs) we'll begin in verse 47 and read through, uh, excuse me, verse 45 and read through to verse 47. Luke chapter 20, Then in the hearing of all the people, he, that is Jesus, said to his disciples, Verse 46, beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, love greetings in the marketplaces and best seats in the synagogues and the best places at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These will receive, listen, greater condemnation. Ooh, ouch. Did you, see, did you hear that? I need you to see something here because, you know, we just think, oh, them Pharisees. All right, let's talk about us now for a minute. Everybody goes back into their shell. All right, (laughs) listen. We need to be, this is talking about pride. This is talking about look at us. This is talking about, well, you know, I've got this kind of job, and I've got this kind of car, and I've got this kind of house. and You know what I'm trying to say? You know, we may, we may frown on the Pharisees, but we need to be careful that we're not doing stuff like that in the way that we live, in the way that we speak, in the way that we portray ourselves. Are we talking about ourselves and are we looking at, you know, because this is, this is what the world does. The world programs you to get to a place where you can puff your chest out and say, I did it my way. I did all of these things. I am now the head of this corporation. And I'm this and I'm that and I'm everything else. And I get paid, you know, eight figures or whatever. You know, okay? Just so you can get everybody's mouth hanging open and going, Wow. And they're not even 21. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. And we just have this is what the world is all about. It's about you getting everything, and it's about you displaying. It's like a peacock, you know, displaying your feathers and going, ha, look at me. And we do that subtly sometimes. I want to use examples, but I won't. <laughs> I would be so careful in the way this stuff goes, you know. Okay. But, you know, it is, that's the lifestyle that, you know, in the world, that's how they think. In the world, it's about numbers. It's a, in the world, it's about figures. It's a, in the world, it's about, you know, your status. They don't care about your heart. Did you hear what I just said? And that's what Jesus is saying. Protect your heart. Be careful in what you're doing. And in in doing things from your heart, then you won't babble on about things. When you go to God, you speak to him heart to heart. Amen? Just know that he's looking to have a conversation with you. He's looking to commune with you. And he hates it. I'm going to say this. He hates it when you come in there and going, oh, thank you, God, I got five dollars. Oh, thank you, God, I got a hundred bucks. Oh, thank you, God, I got a hundred bucks. He goes, can you shut up and talk to me for a minute? Now, yes, there is a place for your confession and your conversation. But that's not in your prayer time. Did you get what I just said? You need to say, thank you, Lord, I believe and I receive, you know, my hundred dollars by Friday or whatever. Okay, that's for you. That's not God, you know, and he's kind of a little, you know, short on his memory and you got to keep reminding him. That's not to do with him. It's to do with you. It's to do with you so that you don't start saying something other than what you prayed. Confession isn't for God. Confession is for you. And it is to remind the devil of your covenant with God. What you prayed, he heard, and it's coming. And regardless of what the circumstances say, It's coming. That's what your confession is about. See, we confess at God instead of against the devil and against the circumstances. Don't confess at God. He knows, he remembers, he's... No, no, no. Amen? I'm moving on to other things, but I'm going to... Verse 8. <laughs> Let's finish because I've run out of time. He says, Therefore, do not be like them. Literally, do not pray as they do. Do not make the error that they make, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. I told you God is sitting on the edge of his throne waiting to say yes. Ask him the right question. You ask him the question, why are you doing this to me? He won't answer because he's not doing anything. Did you hear me? You ask him, what am I getting? He'll go, ha, that's the right question. Press down, shake together, running over. Watch out, here it comes. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every head closed. I'm going to stop there. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you help us in our prayer life. I thank you, Father, that our motivations are right. Whenever we come to you, I thank you, Father, That we're not glancing to the side to see who's looking. We are only interested in you. Our eyes are on you. And Father, we want you to hear us. We don't want the world to see us. We want you to hear us. And I thank you, Father, that we learn to commune with you. Hallelujah. That we have relationship with you. That when we come with a need, it is, on, it is not the only thing that we do. It is just a part of what we do. That we come to praise you. We come to thank you. We come to appreciate you. We come to adore you. And we thank you that you are more interested in meeting all of our need according to your riches in glory than we could ever imagine. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Father, that as we keep our heart right, as we keep our eyes on you, then every good and perfect gift not only comes into our life, but finds its way through us into other people's lives as well. That we are blessed to be a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.